Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Marit Larwood. Hello, my name is Marit Larwood. When I first started doing this podcast, I was a comedian. Yeah. But now I am a painter and decorator. <laughs> wow. So I would say that is a promotion. So you, you people who are tuning in, thinking I want to hear some, uh, I'm sick of hearing comedy, comedians talk about films and things. Yeah. I want to hear what white van men talk about. Well, you'll be very pleased to hear my career, <laughs> my current, and stay tuned to find out if this is a permanent thing. Will Marek escape from this? Or will... <laughs> Are you a good painter and decorator? Are you... Um... I'm painting my uh, girlfriend's dad's flat. Yeah. And they said they pay me sort of minimum wage to do it, which is very kind of them. Yeah. Living I wage. T- t- ter- terrible. I'm terrible. Really? But the flat is... Do you use masking ruined. tape? Or do you no, just the go flat for is, it? The flat is... Basically, these people that had this flat and... This this dodgy Turkish barber. It sounds a bit racist to be saying that, but he's a dodgy Turkish barber. Sure. Rented it out without had the people in it. Um, he wasn't supposed to rent it out. Yeah. They hadn't. They didn't sort of check it properly, and he went out to these alcoholics. Right. Who were there for about fifteen years, and they totally ruined this flat. Is enough to put you off smoking because the white paint. If you're sitting at home now, why not look at your skirting boards or the 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 wooden? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And imagine, imagine those brown Ugh, with through twenty years of nicotine. So I had this. I uh, turning into a painter decorating <laughs> podcast now. So uh, I people this, like I painting and decorating. I had this um, special concentrate. I got to yeah. remove, and it's, you're supposed to dilute it. Right. So I diluted it by guessing and left it a lot stronger than it was. Very little effect. <laughs> I had to use this on pure... Con- a bit like, um, similar to the toxic waste in Robocop that kills that bloke. The scene they always cut because yeah. it's so horrible. If it's, you haven't seen this, you've seen... The yeah, guy yeah. Comes in, falls into a bag of toxic waste. That stuff. Right. And then you still have to use that twice to get it. <laughs> oh, my God. To get to the shade of orange. So I have been cleaning alcoholic nicotine off the wooden fittings. I've then given it a uh, one coat of Ron Seal stain uh, blocker. Yeah. 
And then I've moved on to the Dulux once paint. Okay. All the while, I've been saved today um, and re- by listening to podcasts, which I never normally listen to. I've actually listened to our podcast back. Yeah? What do you, th- what do you reckon? I need to stop moaning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to stop moaning and work out what I'm saying before talking. Because a lot of the time, I don't, if you don't listen to it back, I apologise to listeners. It sounds like a man who... Uh, I'm assuming you know what's going on in my head. Whereas when it comes out of my mouth, it, it, and you're listening to it for the first time, mm. a lot of it is very difficult to follow. But I see that as part of the appeal of the show, you know. It's like a puzzle. I wasn't <laughs> it's like aware, a puzzle book. I wasn't aware of it. Oh, right. Um, but I've been listening to... Well, how this is film-related, sorry to bang yes. on, is that today I've been listening to Hans Zimmer who's the composer famous for, um, mainly, he's got famous through Christopher Nolan's uh, Dark Knight Rises. He does everything though, doesn't he? I mean, even if we just looked up his CV very briefly. I went to see, my friend James Branch, who's appeared on the show, had ticket to see Hans Zimmer in Birmingham, because he was away when he was playing in London. Yeah. So after I finished painting yesterday, I went all the way to Birmingham and we watched... Hans Zimmer and his orchestra. How big was his orchestra? Uh, phenomenal. And they feel like there's a Crouch End choir, so I went all the way from Crouch End to yeah. Birmingham to see the Crouch End choir. He's got three violinists, a cell- two cellists, um, a, a whole percussion and orchestra there. About, I'd say about 40, 50 piece of orchestra. Wow. Um, and it was, inc- it was brilliant, but the similar problem with people not knowing how to behave. In oh, terms really? of phone use and talking oh, and gosh. clapping and not having any idea. But what's really interesting is that they say classical music is dying, but that was a 10,000-seater at the ICC. Oh, Burnham. yeah, it's not dying So at it's all. just finding a different form. Yeah, I mean, but I suppose people who've come to it through watching yeah. uh, Christopher uh, Nolan films yeah. are going to be sort of slightly less used to this style of entertainment and don't record it on why who lots of people holding their phones and recording it and with a crappy phone mic over distance and it'll be and you're never going to listen to that you're going to listen to the why not listen to just enjoy it mate I enjoy it and I felt sorry for some I didn't have luckily I didn't have someone with a phone in front of me but there was a bloke just to my left holding his phone up so I say and it wasn't rake seating on the floor so you just had someone looking for the phone for most of the concert. There should be a separate seating saying, right, this is for prick. If you're going to act like a prick, if you're going to get your phone out at all, yeah. you can go in the phone section. Yeah, so yeah. you can all sit with each other and all get your phones out. Here is the section for if you feel you can't be quiet for more than 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Here is the talking section. Here is the quiet section where the people who have an out of humanity can sit because when you're paying I didn't realise how expensive it was but 70 quid a ticket so yeah. that's basically you know over a day's painting decorating for me sure <laughs> and, and do you think his orchestra get paid or is it all going to Mr Zimmer I think that it really felt as though you're watching a family um, and it's his body of work's incredible I particularly thought I'm a big fan of t- um, this time track from Inception he's done The Lion King uh, oh, he's done loads. Uh, I'm just looking through his CV now, but he did Rain Man, um, Days of Thunder. Yes, he did play the one from Rain Man. Uh, Thelma and Louise. Um, he did... Uh, there's the sirens for everybody. 
He I, did The Lion King, as you say. Um, Crimson Tide. He did the video game of Muppet Treasure Island. He was the keyboardist in... Uh, oh, and Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> you know the song Video Killed video the Radio Star? Yeah, the first song ever to be played on, on MTV. He was the keyboardist in that, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And also, um, James March pointed out, he composed the music to 80s Euro game show, Going for Gold. Yes. Yes, that's where he started out, isn't it? And one of his other orchestra were in the um, uh, composing for the bill. Okay. And apparently, when he was working at the BBC, he owed, he always spent. He said last night he always spent his budget by twenty five pounds, and I was told he wasn't wouldn't work for the BBC again, <laughs> which is which is in endemic. It's just, it is it's typical, I said yes. James, of the BBC absolutely having no idea and squandering talent. Yeah. So the yeah. institution ruined. So um, so now that you're not complaining anymore. Um, what was the highlight of it? What what piece of music stood out? The, Matt, for you? I, one, the one I've listened to was painting decorating today, which because I haven't seen the film because I've heard had terrible reviews of it, um, and I'm not a superhero fan, as our listeners will know. Was Man of Steel? Okay, I thought that was spectacular. Oh yeah, yeah, the music and the cinematography of Man of Steel is excellent. It's the film that's it, tough. It was great painting to that. I, I taking in listening to that 25 times in a row. And taking quite a lot of paint fumes, <laughs> I genuinely thought I was the, the DIY version of Superman several times today. <laughs> right. He'd be quite good at painting, wouldn't he, Superman? I imagine. Uh, it's, I don't know if he get gets into the cracks. <laughs> well, you think he'd just do he'd just do it so quickly he wouldn't be thorough. It's quite. I've learned it's quite. A, it's the cracks that really hold you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general. Yeah. Cracks the, the, the cracks. source of all uh, t- time uh, wasting. Yeah, yeah. The source of all waste is cracks. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, well, that, that's fun. I'm uh, seeing. Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Seeing live cinema music, like, but it's sort of. It, some of it is worth hearing in its own right without all of the actors talking over the top of it. Well, you know? I don't listen to um, mu- uh, much uh, music with vocals anymore, as I've. Uh, older I've listened to soundtracks on, when I walk around London and it's something nice is not hearing voices all the time mm. and I and it lets your my imagination works much better when I don't have people you know shouting lyrics yeah yeah and I'm a real sucker I, for I can't, strings I can't well. write with uh, with music on um, oh, no, no, not at all. May, maybe, maybe orchestral music, uh, instrumental, maybe, but certainly no lyrics because my brain just plays with them, and therefore that's all I can think about is what they're saying. So I'm very, very sound phobic. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> yes. You'd rather be deaf. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, this whole new people going to see. Mm. These were uh, the classical musicians going through. Well, they always have been, but but I don't think you get you... much bigger than Hans Zimmer really these days. I mean, he is sort of the he's the new John Williams in terms yeah, of he's, good, but... he's synonymous with music uh, soundtracks, isn't he? I really love Philip Glass, who's used a lot on uh, his Pogquatsi album. Is the album for um, uh, uh, what's it called? The the Jim Carrey one when he's in the reality show. Oh, the uh, True, Truman Show. Truman Show, which is a brilliant album. Right. Anthem number two is um, is when he discovers something's going on. Yeah. And it's I recommend downloading that. And um, I bought the Predator soundtrack 
is it David Shire? Well, David Shire's done a few um, brilliant soundtracks, like All the President's Men. Yeah. Which is, they're difficult to, they're difficult to download, you can't get them on iTunes. Anyway, it's probably boring if you don't like um, uh, d- uh, that. But if you are interested in music, there's a podcast called, on the BBC do, do that James uh, Branch told me about, called Sounds of the Cinema or something. Okay. They do it on Sunday nights on Radio 4. So you, if you don't want to listen to people talk, we've well, probably turned off this podcast already, but you listen to that. Okay. Um, well, we have seen film this week. We have seen film. We have seen a film this week. and We have seen film. We have seen film. And uh, we both seen the same film because we wanted to see it so much, uh, which is in regular listeners will know is a rare recurrence. Um, we have been to see Victoria. Now, I've wanted to see this for a long time. I keep track of the films I've watched and the ones I want to see with Flickster, which is an app that used to be sort of good and now has annoying adverts in it, but I still use it. And it, I think this film has been on my want to see list for about a year and a half since it I was only, first I only heard of it the, from people from the Twitter sphere. Right. Well, it was first doing sort of the uh, award ceremony rounds a while ago, and it was ineligible for best foreign language film at the Oscars because it's got too much English in it, but was never going to get nominated for the main category because it's a foreign film. Yeah. So it sort of lost out there because everyone was saying it was absolutely amazing. Anyway, for our listeners who don't know what this film is, let me give you a brief synopsis. Um, It's about a girl called Victoria who is Spanish and she is in Berlin for reasons you find out during the course of the film. And this takes place over one evening and a morning um, in Berlin as she late at night uh, bumps into and makes friends with and flirts with a German boy, a Berlin boy, and his mates, basically. Um, And it's what happens from there. But the incredible thing about this film is, I believe it's over two hours long, Mm -hmm. and it's one continuous shot. And they didn't cheat. It is genuinely one shot. And that's not just showing off. It has a very, very palpable um, effect, that I thought. I mean, we'll get into it. But Mm -hmm. basically, they got it in the third take. Um, oh, this, they actually used the second one, I heard. Oh, really? No, I heard the third. They did three takes. Oh, but ended up using the, the second, second one? second one, yeah. Okay, because there is a mistake in the film uh, I was reading about. Oh, really? Yeah, where she takes the wrong turning in the car at one point and their panic telling her she's going the wrong way is genuine. And the director, who was in the boot with a monitor at the time, was ended up shouting and screaming and they ended up foleying that out um, and they got there and luckily the cameraman was uh, uh, quick enough that he uh, managed to frame out the other uh, crew who were on the street and they would have seen in the camera. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got away with it and that's probably that's why they went for a third take. But anyway, what did you make of it? Well, there's an odd personal thing about this fit. I think... Um... It, uh, obviously, it really gets going in the second half. Yes, and is slightly hamstrung by its format, which is its successes, and it, it means it's quite a slow start. But my weird problem with it, not problem, my weird how it affected my viewing, which may have affected other people, is the lead girl in it looks startlingly like Lou, and Lou acts, Sanders. Yeah, and I've, <laughs> one of my close friends is a comedian. Um, called Luce Sanders she's brilliant she's really really funny and um, 
uh, a Wolfsburg player as well. That's right. Um, she even acts similar. Yeah, I thought that as well. So, such a similar, startlingly similar to the lead. Did that take you out of the reality of it? It a just bit, changed my viewing. It really changed my viewing of it because I thought she's just so much like Lou. Yeah, yeah. So you, our viewers probably had that where you see someone in the film where you, even when he's occasionally you recognise someone on the tube, you think. I know you because I know your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was very odd. The lead in the film Sky High, which is about a boy going to superhero school, yeah. which is actually a very, very good kids' film, yeah. uh, looks identical to Tom Tuck's little brother, <laughs> which, which was always weird watching. Mm. You just go, oh, what, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it, it, is, it, it doesn't necessarily take you out of it, but you, you feel like you know the actor. So you're sort of watching them perform rather yes, than... Yes, it, uh... it, cha- it, cha- it, cha- it was a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, and my second problem with it, when I went travelling, when I was 18, 19, and I went to sort of it uh, around Israel, because I mean, I'm not Jewish, it's just that they've gone to kibbutzes for really, really cheaply, I didn't have any money, as usual. And then I went around Egypt. The problem with, I found was when you meet a lot of travellers, everyone has to communicate in one language. And invariably, that's English. English is that's the most widely spoken, yes. and English people don't tend to speak yes. another language fluently. So you you think you're going to have all these inspirational conversations, and what ends up happening is you just have these slightly shit conversations. You can only have yeah, you it, you can only people's second language. You can only you can only express yourself as uh, as intelligent as the vocabulary you have. Yes. So it doesn't matter about the sophistication of your thoughts, you end up having to be a bit of a sort of simpleton when you're speaking in a second language, unless you're really good at it. Yeah. Um, and because in this, the lead, she's Spanish, and the German boys uh, are German. So they speak to, in English yeah. together, um, but then the Ger- Germans speak in German together sometimes, and she in those times doesn't understand what they're saying now that I actually loved because I've never seen that done before and it is such a common as you've said you've experienced it I've experienced it it's such a common uh, occurrence in a multilingual world like the idea of having multiple languages just whichever one is the correct one at any particular moment And, you know, it's all subtitled uh, when they're not speaking in English. So it's it works perfectly well. But I, 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 I couldn't yeah. believe I've not seen a film do that yeah. before. But I think that I thought the idea, you've got this multicultural thing, different languages, was really, really great. Yeah. But I just found some of their conversations very inane. And I thought, that a, a, a few people said this, the German blokes, they're sort of a bit... Scar- I mean... I couldn't believe anyone would go with them because they're quite thuggy and yeah, yeah. I think I didn't like... I know I believed it because once we heard her backstory... I think you did then. Once you did... Once you I, did then, I, yeah. I went, no, this does make perfect sense now. It, because before that, she seems too sort of switched on and self-confident and you, as you say, yes. you're right, she she wouldn't touch them with a barge pole but once you've heard her backstory, no, absolutely, I go with it. But I found it quite uncomfortable viewing because I thought they were going to... I didn't know any of the plot beforehand... This isn't really a spoiler. I think it might actually help people who are going to view it. I thought uh, for the first half an hour or so they were going to, you know, sexually assault her. Yeah. I was, and I. But thought, that's it. You don't know what genre it is. Yeah. And that that tension is very palpable, and I think I think intentional as well. It, it's, yes. Yes. Definitely. It's definitely there, and you feel for her vulnerability in this situation, one hundred percent. But you also believe that 
she would do this because she just wants to sort of let her hair down and live a little, you know. I thought it was absolutely brilliant and I think it's a stunning piece of work and the unorthodox structure of it which it is a little unorthodox it's not crazy but it's you know it's it's slightly different actually just helped me along with not knowing where it was going next mm. I, I I found it so claustrophobic and um tense because of the way the camera was just another eye on this scene that was constantly moving so you never got to escape you know you just had to sit it sit in with them until the end yeah you know i i thought that was brilliant yeah it's like it's um a mental night out when you and occasionally and maybe increasingly less but once every every year or so i like to have a you properly go for it and sometimes it just ends rubbishly, but yeah. occasionally you have these a series of events happen, and you end up some really mental place, really yeah, pitching, yeah. you know where you are. Whatever this is, it really has that feel. To it, it gets out of hand, doesn't it? And that's the. Yeah. Did, did you enjoy it though? I did very much so, very much so. No, I, I think, I think it's a hell of an achievement, and I, I thought the actors in particular were absolutely brilliant. I can't really talk about the moments I thought were spectacular in terms of the performance it's, it's, they delivered no, without spoiling the story. It's quite slow. It's quite a slow start, then it really picks up a pace. But I think, uh, yeah, it does. It does. But it's all the better for it because you know them as real people before anything extraordinary starts happening to them. You know, and I thought they were all so believable and European. You know. They were accurately European, which you don't see yeah. often in films because they're all they've all got an eye on the American market, so they Americanise themselves and you know. We do the exact same thing. You know, we just try and fulfil archetypes from American films and this felt properly itself. Yeah. I didn't I didn't especially warn twenty of the characters. I right. I liked her. I liked her a lot. Yeah. Um I thought she was excellent. But uh yes. Victoria, I mean how many Davies did you give it? Nine? I'd give it eight Marics. There you go, sir. It's quite so. It could have been shorter, but then again, it sort of needs to be that length of time because it's actual one take. Yes. So you need to, it needs to have time to breathe, to be to be very, very normal and mundane, yes. to, to accelerate later on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the, the pace of the later bits are all the... Like, there's what... the. When it sort of turns a corner, as mm. it were, we're talking in code, and I apologise if you've seen it, you'll know what we're talking about. And they suddenly feel like they're in danger. Yeah, that was so palpable because they were just sort of idiots having fun before that moment. I need to have a, a wee at that point. Oh, really? Really annoying trying to work out which bit <laughs> I need to have a wee. At. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you needed that app. Yeah, um, the bit app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's Victoria. I let us know what you thought of it. Um, we'd be very interested on, on any films you've seen, anything that you've seen and we haven't talked about yet. You can let us know. Email us dearfilmfandango at gmail dot com, or you can post anything you find to one another on our Facebook page forward slash filmfandango, or you can tweet us at filmfandango at Mr David Reed and at Merrick Larwood. Um, so many different forums. So many. To ex- too many, really. I mean, I, we're I was, not all across it, if I'm perfectly honest. I was speaking to some young people. Yeah. Not young people, but 20-somethings. 20-somethings, OK. Yeah, last week. Millennials. 
Yeah. Uh, nine, I must have been born in the 90s, I think, yeah. And they were talking about Snapchat. I didn't even know about Snapchat. Right. I, I've uh, I've never used it. The very it's a very what what scary is what was this new sort of behaviour I thought was a teenager behaviour. Yeah, it's now adults. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens, though, isn't it? I mean, that, our, we must have scared the shit out of our parents when we, you know, the internet and mobile phones and uh, video games is all our generation. But it, there's a whole sense of taking. I tried to do some vlogs to try and resurrect my career. Next week I'm going to try and do one a day from Monday. Um, so two days, three days after it comes out. So uh, things doing around London. So please follow my YouTube channel and give me some ideas. But I found it so difficult to talk into a camera and take interact with this camera in public. Yes. And very uh, made me feel on edge and, and not able to relax. I did one when I walked around London. And I found it really hard to talk normally and not feel... You don't have that um, culturally ingrained narcissism that says, well, of course I can talk to uh, the internet when I'm out and about in where, public. Whereas I really noticed the kids were taking photos of themselves yeah, and yeah. doing things, these 20-somethings, and there was nothing... Because you were born in the 70s, right? 76, yeah. So you are technically a Generation Xer. Yeah. Um, I am technically a millennial, although I don't do all that shit. Um, what is it's, I thought it was Generation Z X is to the eight is late 60s to 80 isn't it yeah and then after 1980 is millennial I think unless there's, there's, I mean, a, new, there's a new what, there's, a new, there's a new generation there's, I don't know what oh, they're called really? now they're babies called. they're called babies the new generation they're called navel gazing <laughs> twats That's but it's, it's phenomenal I just don't this, uh, there's no sense of it being in, uh, in any way shameful yeah 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 no it is weird it is weird but they'll make better filmmakers as a result won't they I think it's incredible what they're doing I think the whole YouTube is incredible I was following a bloke called uh, I think I talked about him last week and Simon Fielder I guess put me on to him called Casey Neistat he makes a video a day he's 35 so he, he, he's got kids so it's nice not, yeah, yeah. it feels like it's an adult but the stuff, the stuff he's making with drone footage this thing called Phantom 4 and I think I talked about drones before he's on on a boosted board a skateboard that's remote controlled and with his iPad he's got a drone where you point to on your iPad yeah. where you want this helicopter with a 4K which is four times the size of HD you point on your iPad where you want it to go and it moves on your iPad wow. and the footage you get if you look up Casey Neistat there's always some drone footage there there's time lapses as well the footage is Incredibly cinematic, wow. and this thing's a thousand pounds, a thousand two hundred pounds, which would would have been a whole day's budget on a film shoot. Yeah, yeah. With a st- and now you're getting this footage of things that people haven't thrown helicopters yeah. around. All that, I've seen that uh, footage of technology people have developed where, again, with drones, and they've really opened it up. How small and light you can now make HD cameras has opened it up really, and then the the drone technology becoming cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. But um, where a drone web, so, someone's made software with an app so that you the drone will follow you at a distance uh, 
over a shoulder or directly above or over a shoulder, depending yeah. on what you press on your, your phone, but it will follow your phone. So for people snowboarding or whatever, yeah. you get perfectly cinematic snowboarding footage of yourself because this drone has just tracked you the entire yeah. way. You it's... can do time lapses on your iPhone. Your iPhone can shoot 4K. Um, I did a video on the Tube and in, in this London video. I'm not trying to get people to um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, but what's really... you can. I bought this camera that vloggers recommend. It's this tiny, small, point-and-shoot, handheld camera. Yeah. And you can film on the underground, and you can film in in museums, which I did, which you never would have been done yeah, before. Yeah. We can do it, you know, surreptitiously. Because it looks like you're, you've just got a little... They can't stop you. ...clicky camera, yeah, and yeah. just literally two or three years ago, I did a film called Boris in London, where I had my other camera... And every time my friend filmed me, every time we got the camera up, we get hassled by yeah, people yeah. saying, you need to get a permit, you need to do this here. And now you can just do gorilla shooting anywhere with uh, uh, HD stuff on handheld, yeah. tiny cameras. It's, it's phenomenal. There's a film completely shot on an iPhone called, I can't remember what it's called, Tangerine, I think it's called. Oh, is that shot on iPhones? Yes, I think wow. it's the one. All shot on an iPhone. They had different lenses on it. You can get lenses for yeah. your iPhone. But... The whole thing's on the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but I know it's a good one. <laughs> that's exciting. It is an exciting time, really, for it. We should probably make things, then. No excuses not to make things No, exactly, now. exactly. That's it. That's it. Well, I think now it's time for this. So we've got a, a letter here. This is from Fran Jolly. Um, regular writer-inner. Regular writer-inner, Fran Jolly. And Fran says, Dear Film Fandangoers, I have not com- corresponded with you for some time and have decided to. I must get back in touch. I must. I thought High Rise was pretty awful. I fell asleep after an hour and sadly awoke only a few minutes later to then have to go through another 30 minutes of high jinks. Zootopia is marvellous. 10 Cloverfield Lane is thrilling and John Goodman has become such a fantastic, versatile actor. Give him an award, someone. Batman v Superman is not terrible. I think it has suffered as being the first superhero film to follow Deadpool, but it isn't any worse than Iron Man 2 or X-Men 3, etc. I'd agree with that. Whilst I have your attention, I have always found it frustrating when people dismiss a complete genre. So many people will say oh, I can't watch horror films, or sci-fi films are all boring. Why do they allow themselves these set rules and miss out on some true masterpieces? What are your fave movies that could persuade haters to give the genre another chance? These are the ones that seem to cause the most upset. Horror, sci-fi, rom-com, western and musical. Thank you, film lovers and listeners. Francis. Read out in the voice of Ronnie Corbett, please. Well, you put it at the end. Uh. Too late now. Um... Uh, that would have been intolerable as well. Uh, doing a okay, what's, too soon. What's your what's your best run? What's your most what's your most uh, respectful Ronnie Corbett impersonation? I can't do I can't do impersonations. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, uh, I've never tried Ronnie Corbett. So that's an interesting that's a good one. Question, yeah. So it's true. I've met people who um, will not watch science fiction because they just dismiss it out of hand. Um, in fact, 
interestingly, this, it's about a TV show, but I think it still applies. Uh, there was a show, Battlestar Galactica, that was a massive show yeah. a while back now. But the star of that, Edward James Olmos, who was in Blade Runner, he's the guy who leaves the, uh, uh, what's it called, origami yeah. things around the place. Who um, He plays the Admiral in it. And he quite astutely, I think, said it could have been an even bigger show if it was, if it wasn't for the title. Because actually the show is about human beings surviving. It put me off because I thought of the original Battlestar Galactica, which I didn't really Which is like. a sort of camp Buck Rogers-esque yeah, yeah. kind of thing. No, and it's not. It's basically humanity trying to survive after they've lost Earth. I started watching it. It was very good. It's in, it's a phenomenal piece of work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's right. I think sometimes these genres turn people off. Certainly horror turns people off, but I'd say almost fairly, as in that if people don't like being scared, yeah. then there's nothing in the horror genre for them, really. I, I, I don't like the sort of gratuitous... Uh... Eli Roth's strand of horror, which I find almost disgusting. Well, his films, are, the ones I've seen, are just poorly made. I mean, that's the biggest crime. They're not interesting. They're just sort of pathetic, I think. My biggest put-off genres are... And my mum got won't watch sci-fi stuff, but I think sci-fi has some of the most amazing... Yeah. You're an idiot if you don't watch... You and know. it's such a broad genre as yeah. well. I mean, the, you, to say that 2001 and... Return of the Jedi are in the same genre is sort of mental, yeah. really. I mean, what's ter- is ter- the two genres I have problems are Western and musicals because Western, for some reason, all the John Wayne films from when I was a kid Boring. on TV, awful. Yeah, and so I, wouldn't, I, would, I instantly think they're awful. Yeah, and whenever they came on, there was just something about just the pace of them and the smugness of them on TV on a Sunday afternoon. And it felt or the similar feeling why I've only just started enjoying Antiques Roadshow now because <laughs> it was associated in my head with homework and yeah, going yeah, to yeah, yeah. So um, I agree, I'm totally with you on westerns. I hated it growing. I hate them growing up. But then some of the spaghetti westerns are phenomenal pieces of work in their own right. You know, um, the Sergio Leone stuff. So which, good, which, the bad, and the ugly, I, and yeah. uh, which I think is phenomenal. And then Unforgiven. Uh, which I is, was going to say that's the one. The Unforgiven for me is probably the one to bring you round to the genre because it, it's more like things you're used to as well. Young Guns. Young Guns is great. I'm, I, I really I, enjoyed Young Guns. I like westerns these days, you know, and most films have sort of they are westerns in a way. Like it, American films are slightly western. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's all about it's all about outlaws and guns, basically. There's a brilliant book. I hope it gets made into a film by I think the best writer around the moment called Patrick Patrick DeWitt. It's called The Sisters Brothers, and a beautiful bit of writing. And he's done another all his books are completely different genres and mm. amazing. But that's a great Western book. And musicals, I've got a real problem with musicals. But I what's think, your problem with them? You just don't like that sort of. I got no. I was in a musical with kids thing. Yeah. And I, so I got, and then someone dropped out, so I ended up going to the Olivier Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which was an, uh, just lots of musicals on stage. And I did not like, enjoy no. the experience at all. Well, a show I used to be in beat the show you were in, didn't it? To the Olivier Awards. Showstoppers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. You robbed me. Well, I don't really care. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I, I don't enjoy watching people. Singing. I think the only musicals was the Wizard of Oz that was a musical. Yes, for the That's first half, and then there's no songs in the second half. 
that that one I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch was one of the few ones we. I think that's one of the best. I I love Hedwig. I think it's excellent. Do you enjoy musicals? I do. I what do. What would you say you like? Um, well, I, you know, there's I like a lot of them. I like a lot of them. I I I quite enjoy you know a good song. If the music's crap, um, I I can't. You know, so I do not rain, like. Quite enjoyed. I've ne- still not seen it. You know, I've still uh, it's a stumbling block on my IMDb top fifty. Yeah. Um, Wicked. I can't understand why anyone likes it. The story's crap and the music's crap from my personal uh, perspective. Um, I like uh, Trey Parker's ones, so I like Book of Mormon and I like South Park the movie. So um, I thought the movie's brilliant. It's a yeah. fantastic musical yeah. as well. It, yeah, you know, it's it's pastiche, but yeah. it's it's great. I no, I I like a good musical. I do Little Shop, Rocky Horror. I do like. I don't really like the Rocky, Little Shop Horrors is really good. Steve Martin doing great turn as the. Uh, He's dentist. excellent, isn't he? Yeah. Have you seen the original with Jack Nicholson? The black and white non-musical original of Little no. Shop. No, I've not either. But that would be one for us to track. Yeah. Down. Yeah, because the original story is just sort of a B-movie. It's not a musical. The music for that's really good. Yeah, it is excellent. And Grease. I think the music for that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's about it, isn't it? Well, we've only got one letter this week. So, yes, that, that'll do for the not letters. Not many people like writing letters to no, change the song. Turns out one no. person <laughs> likes writing letters. Um, and even that was, you know... It's been a while. Yeah, didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you'd like to uh, end this letter drought we're having, then please email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Now, uh, we usually talk about two films, and today it's no exception. Um, I've had a film in in, uh, my back pocket for a while because we've been watching so many films we haven't managed to talk about everything we've seen. And it's one that I wanted to see for a while, um, and it's called The Lobster. Now, do you know about this? Yeah, it's some... came weird, out a while ago. Now, indie I, one, isn't as it? I say, it was a while ago. I saw it. Um, it's a weirdy one. Yeah, it's a weirdy one. It's uh, basically Colin Farrell, who he waxes hot and cold in terms of the things he's in, doesn't he? Because he's phenomenal in uh, in Bruges, mm. and I really like him in Seven Psychopaths, even though the film's a bit wayward. But then he does things like Daredevil and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I can't get past the thickness of his eyebrows. Well, that's between you and him, I yeah. think. Um, but Lob- The Lobster is a sort of dystopian Britain where people... It's really weird, but people who haven't paired for life by a certain age... And I think it's like 30 or something, you know, it's not it's not old um go to this sort of care home where it's basically the last chance saloon where if they don't hook up with someone there and then for life and it has to be genuine they have to fall in love they can't just fake it then they get turned into an animal so that they're no longer you know a drain on humanity is it good um (laughs) just jumping straight to the chase um it is good yeah it is good um it's super weird, but the reality they create is so compelling. Like, it's excellent. Olivia Coleman's in it and Ben Whishaw, and it's got the cast is absolutely superb. And this just grinding up of the superficiality of people's relationships in this future dystopia is 
spot on for you know you feel guilty for for your own interactions well, with is, people. Is it a comedy or a... it's it's a dark comedy, I suppose you'd suggest, but it doesn't have gags in it. You know, it's just deeply strange and um, satirical, really. Um, and and he's very good in it. He wants to be, and he decides he wants to be a lobster, and that's that's his thing. Now it's almost two films though, and this is my problem with it. Oh, it's Rachel Vice is in it as well. Um, she's the the girl that he ends up actually falling for. Um, but they end up deciding to escape together rather than you know have a commitment ceremony or whatever, okay. and they escape the asylum basically. Um, and it's to it's got this film with this wonderful idea of people getting turned into animals or is that is that just the state's lie and actually people are just killed we don't know and it, it's sort of ambiguous and strange and it, it properly you you just buy into it and then you're into this strange world and you can imagine humanity getting here apart from that little sci-fi leap but yeah and then is the dialogue strange or is it, is it is behavior strange everyone's strange it's sort of uh, stilted and um there's no, there's no real sort of, there's no, no one has a sense of humour or any real insight. It's all very just surfaces and sounds like accountancy. It, it's a bit, but, but it, as I say, it's a satire. It, it's, it's comment upon modern society. For me, it lost its way in the second half, where it abandoned really, in terms of story, some quite interesting ideas and started some new ones in the second half. And for me, that that ended up being a bit dissatisfying. It's still, it's still, you know, an enjoyable piece, and it is good. But I just felt it could have reached some sort of some higher place by the end than it did because it wasn't building from scratch. You know, not well, really. You're saying they're arseholes. Who the makers of this yeah. film? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Uh, you're insinuating, you're insinuating, insinuating it. That they're all assholes. The makers of the film were assholes. No, no, no. I, I think I think even good people make a terrible mistake every now and again. And they should be punished. Absolutely. They should be turned into animals. Yeah. What animal would you turn into if you were single by the time you were uh if you were left on the shelf? Oh, I knew you were gonna answer ask this one. Well, why didn't you, would you just think do about slot, it ahead of time? You'd have to do something. At least you'd do something different, wouldn't you? That you that, uh, having watched all this drone footage recently, I would like to fly. So I'll probably be um, some a, a sort of bird. A kind of bird. Yeah. Well, what kind of bird do you think you'd be? Maybe an owl or an eagle. A dolphin. A dolphin. That's a beautiful <laughs> kind of bird. They fly for very short periods of time, dolphins. I would like to see the deep, deep, deepest dark ocean. I don't think dolphin, dolphins swim very deep. I want one a penguin. A penguin would be quite fun. They can't fly. You do know they, they can't fly. No, no, they're really good swimmers, though. What flies and goes in the ocean? Um, a seagull. They're pricks. Imagine <laughs> that. Squaw- having to listen to other seagulls squawking all yeah. the time. What flies and goes in the ocean? A flying fish. You want it all, Marit, don't you? You want you want absolutely everything. Uh, what would you be then? Um, I'd be uh, if I if I was being turned into an animal amongst humans. I think probably a dog would have the best life. At least you'd have companionship and they'd feed you 
rather than you know being like a sheep or something. Yeah, be a bit crap. Um, you, I once swam. I once swam in uh, the Pacific whilst pelicans dive bombed for fish all around oh, me. They're crazy. quite cool. But sh- everyone would pick the good animals. No one would say I want to be, you know, a gnat. Yeah. Or one of those flies, a shit fly. A shit fly, is that a thing? A shit yeah. fly? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this film this film is is worth a watch. It's it makes a very bold decision to go somewhere weird and it does something interesting with it. Great. Well watched. How many days did you give it? I think I'd give it seven. Alright. Well, that's some uh, high scoring films this week. But um I think that's it for this week. Um, check out Victoria or The Lobster. They are both, actually. Victoria was available uh, on live streaming as soon as it was in cinema. Oh, really? Yeah, it was um, simultaneous release. So oh. you can watch Victoria on your many digital distribution methods. Um, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, keep watching, watching the films. films. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.